Today on The Girl Defined Show, you're going to hear a life update from me, Kristen, on how the past five months have been going for us post-adoption, how Zach and I are doing, how the boys are doing, how the transition's going. We have had our share of ups and downs, joys and challenges, but God has been faithful in the midst of it all. And we're going to unpack that right here, right now. Stick with me. Hey, sisterhood, it is Kristen Clark here, and I am so excited to get to spend this time with you guys just chatting and sharing and answering a lot of your questions and just giving you guys an update on what the past five months of our life has looked like post adoption. I can't believe it's already been five months. Honestly, when I look at pictures of us coming back, it feels in some ways like it was years ago. It's hard to imagine life before the boys. I know people say that about stuff, but really it's like, wow, five months ago, these boys weren't even in our family. Like This is crazy. But at the same time, it's like the five months have gone so fast. It feels like a lifetime ago, but then it feels like a blink. And here we are almost half of a year into this thing of being a family of four. And like I said in the intro, we have had our joys and our challenges. We have had ups and downs. Um, We have had days where we just go to bed smiling because it was so beautiful and felt so perfect. And then we have days where we go to bed in tears because it was so hard and so challenging. So we have definitely experienced the spectrum. But in the midst of it all, God has been so incredibly faithful. And like the Bible says, his mercy is new every morning, and we have absolutely felt that. His mercy is truly new every morning. For those of you who might not be as familiar with my story, or maybe you're just joining the Girl Defined podcast for the first time, welcome. I am so glad you're here, and I hope you stick around to the end of this episode and then go back and listen to a bunch of our previous episodes because it is a gold mine in the archives. Um, if you want to go back and catch the full story where Zach and I together share about the entire adoption journey and the process, you can go check that episode out, or even further back in the archives, you can find an episode where we share our journey of infertility and miscarriage. So in a nutshell, Zach and I have been married for 10 years, just celebrated 10 years this past summer. Crazy. And in the past 10 years, we have gone through three different miscarriages and a bunch of years in between where we were diagnosed with unexplained infertility. We've been to countless doctor visits, uh, met with multiple different fertility specialists, have tried several different types of treatments from natural to a little bit more invasive. And at the end of the day, we really didn't have anything to show for it. Um, and so we have been on a journey of trusting God and longing for a family, longing to become parents, um, and just not sure really if that dream was ever going to become a reality. And so really trusting God with the story he had for us versus um, for many years, kind of feeling like my life, at least for me, it, it wasn't it hadn't really started. Like, okay, God, yeah, yeah. Like, let's just get past this so my life can really start. Um, And then God just over and over again showed me like, no, this is your story. This is the plan I have for you. I am working in and through this. And what feels like brokenness, what feels like only grief and loss and pain, I am doing something beautiful in the midst of it. Um, Trust me, I am near to you. I, I hold the brokenhearted close. So just seeing God's comfort, seeing his faithfulness, like I said, experiencing his mercies, which are new every morning, he has been our sustainer. And then recently in the past two years, God really redirected my husband's heart, my heart toward adoption. It wasn't something that either of us had grown up feeling passionate about 
from a personal standpoint, I know a lot of people I talk to are like, oh yeah, I knew we were going to adopt from like, you know, when I was really young, I knew I wanted to get married one day. Adoption was totally going to be in my plan. Um, But for us, that was never really the vision we had for our future. And I think as I shared in a previous episode, there was just a lot of fear in my heart about adoption and just the fear of the unknowns of things that can go wrong. Or what if you get all the way to the end and then the adoption falls through and, you know, I can't go through another loss. I can't go through that pain. Um, And then just practical questions that I know a lot of adoptive moms wonder before you adopt, like, will I have the same love for these children as I would for biological children. Um, and just and so just the fear in that and just watching God over and over again, not necessarily give us clear answers to some of these questions, but to change our heart from one of fear to one of trust, um, to one of true and genuine love. You know, scripture talks about true love, it casts out fear. And so that genuine heart of love for these orphans, for these children, to want to bring them into our home, to become their parents, to love them and care for them, that that trumped my fear. And God just did such an incredible work. And I share, I have shared so many times about a book that was instrumental in that, and that was the book um, Adopted for Life by Russell Moore. And if you haven't read it and you're like thinking about adoption, I cannot encourage you enough to grab it. Um, but So that's just like a nutshell of what the past 10 years have looked like for us. But like I said a few minutes ago, we are five months into this international adoption. We brought two boys home from the country of Ukraine. They were 10 and 6 when we brought them home. And then literally about a month and a half later, they each had birthdays. Their birthdays are three days apart. So one, the older one turned 11, the younger one turned 7, obviously. And we had a bunch of fun birthday celebrations back to back. It was super sweet. So now we have an 11-year-old and a 7-year-old, and life is full and crazy and wild and exciting, and there is not a dull moment when you have two boys who are extremely energetic and athletic and (laughs) rambunctious and want to have Nerf gun battles with me 24-7. I mean, they keep me on my toes. They keep me on my knees, too. (laughs) So they have been such a gift, such a blessing, but I would be lying if I told you that we have not faced any challenges, and I already told you in the intro that we have had our share of joys and challenges, and I'm going to get into what some of those have been and how we've seen God's faithfulness in the midst of those. Um, I, you know, that journey of trusting God, it really never ends. And I always think, you know, once I get to that next season, that next phase, that next thing I've been praying for, then I will just have peace and I'll be there and I won't really have to trust God as much. Well, again and again, God shows me that that's not the case and that that those open hands of surrender, that wholehearted pursuit of the Lord in my relationship with Him, that deep-rooted trust in Him and His plan, that seeking Him, that is what my heart needs in every season, regardless. And God is so faithful to continue to show show that to me. Um, the crazy thing is, is that, so you may have heard Bethany and I co-authored a book called Not Part of the Plan, Trusting God with the Twists and, and Turns of Your Story. And it's available for pre-order everywhere now. It releases October 12th. Um, but the crazy thing is, is that when we started writing the first draft of that manuscript, it was pretty much right around the same time that Zach and I started the adoption process. So Here I am writing this book and taking a deep dive into God's word on all things worry, fear, trust, emotions, unanswered prayer, um, just finding true satisfaction in the Lord in the midst of unfulfilled longings, peace in the midst of hardships, like how to process grief, how to really surrender the dream you always had for your life to the reality of the plan that God has for you, and then trusting that his plan really is better than the one you always imagined. I mean, that's like what I was knee deep in, like I took a deep dive and I just think that God's timing in that was so perfect, so sovereign because everything that we unpack in that book is is 
part of the journey God has had me on for the past decade, I mean, for longer than that, but really I see so much of this, this growth and this journey in the past decade of my marriage and then Bethany, the past decade of her life of really having, um, you know, longing for marriage and then walking a journey of a decade of singleness and not knowing if marriage would ever be in her future, trusting God with that, being intentional, battling worry, battling fear, a lot of the things that we all wrestle with. So we start writing this book and our publisher was really excited about it. Like, yes, this is a great idea. And Bethany and I are just sharing more transparently and openly, I think, than ever before, just inviting you guys into our own journey of ups and downs, of pain, of loss, of joys, of trials, of trusting God, and and then in a lot of ways, not trusting God and wrestling in our faith, in our relationship with him. Are you really good, God? Are you really who you say you are? Where are you in the midst of this? I mean, real and raw heart struggles and wrestles that we each faced. And as we're writing this book and I'm digging into these topics, we're simultaneously going through the adoption process. So it could not have been more perfect timing as God was drilling into my own hearts, the very truths that he was continuing to teach me and the very truths that I hope and pray will be profoundly encouraging and impactful and um, just, yeah, just anchoring your heart in the Lord more than ever before. So if that sounds like something that resonates with you, then I invite you to join me on this journey. I am very much still on this journey like we all are, but I think you'll find a lot of encouragement and hope and just biblical perspective in the midst of whatever you're walking through because we all have a story. We all have a journey. And I think every single one of us could raise our hand as we look back on our life five, 10 years and say, yeah, there have been twists and turns that were unexpected. Things have not gone the way I hoped. Or yeah, I'm in a season right now that I never expected to be in. How do I press on? How do I thrive in this? How do I trust God? How do I find hope? How do I find purpose in the midst of this? Um, Then I know you will resonate with what I share in Not Part of the Plan, trusting God with the twists and turns of your story. And you can find that at girldefined.com slash shop or just direct page to that book and all the information and a fun trailer video is at girldefined.com slash trust. So here's the crazy thing with this book. As Bethany and I were rounding the corner for the final weeks before we had to turn this first draft into our publisher, Zach and I were in Ukraine and we had finished... um, I was almost finished writing it and I was just praying like, Lord, you know, we were, this was the second trip to Ukraine. So we were trying to finalize the adoption and I was like, oh, I really want to share about this and God's faithfulness and this journey in this book. But if the adoption doesn't finalize before the deadline, then we're not going to be able to add this part of the story into the book. And this was like the hugest thing that was going on in my life that was definitely not a part of my plan when I got married. Like I said, I didn't imagine my future with adoption, but God so faithfully redirected our steps and used what felt like brokenness and loss to guide me down a path of something so beautiful, which is adoption. And so by God's grace and his providential timing, we ended up finalizing the adoption right before the deadline for this manuscript. And so I remember telling my publisher like, hey, I'm in Ukraine. I'm really hoping to add this portion of the story into the book. And by God's grace, we were able to. And so I remember coming home and like frantically, you know, writing out this final section and I got to share with you guys in more detail in the book the just kind of the final stages of the whole adoption process and coming home. So that is all inside not part of the plan, but what I couldn't include obviously is the next chapter of the story which is post adoption. So how the past 5 months have been going. That is not in the book because the book was already finished. However, I get so many questions from you guys, and I'll just say right now that your questions and your care and concern and prayers for Zach and me and our family 
are so incredibly encouraging. I I get emails from you guys. I get DMs from you guys. I see comments from y'all on Instagram or Facebook just asking, hey, how's it going? How's the adoption? I've heard from so many of you who have either been adopted yourself or have had a sibling who was adopted or you are an adopted parent um, or you are close to adoption in some way. I mean, so many of you sharing like, hey, this is my story. This is my perspective. This is this is the journey God has had me on and just giving me even like advice and encouragement and recommending resources. Like you guys have been so amazing because Zach and I really in our family, we're the first to pursue adoption like out of our direct family. We have a lot of close friends and in our community, there's a lot of adoption. But out of our direct family on either side, we are the first ones to pursue adoption. I know I have a lot of other close siblings and siblings-in-law who have talked about it and at some point in the future hope to, but we're kind of pioneering it for our direct family. And so it's been exciting to just see the support and the encouragement and the rallying and the the lifting up, like lifting us up in prayer and just and like filling, filling, um, meeting our needs in really practical ways with meals and just even like giving us a small break here and there, watching the boys or just investing in their relationship with the boys and growing that and building bonds. Like it has been incredible to have such amazing family, Um, but they get a front row seat into everything that's happening. But you guys don't see as much. And I know I've been a little bit dark on social media personally, and that is, that's intentional. Um, It's mainly because I am so crazy busy now. my time is not my own like it used to be, if you know what I mean. I think any mom, whether it's through adoption or biologically, you realize real quick, like, oh, everything I could do before whenever I wanted on my own schedule, like that doesn't exist anymore. Like that world is gone. (laughs) And that is exactly how I feel. So, and that's the reality. And it's beautiful. And it's just a different season, the season of motherhood, where when I wake up, those boys are up and we are going and I have to have a plan from morning till night so that they can have structure so we can get things done um, so that it's not completely chaotic. But I'm realizing that in order to do anything outside of just the basics, I have to be intentional to plan those pockets of time. And so I just haven't made it an intentional effort yet to like really engage in social media too much because I've been really wanting to keep my heart and my focus and my attention and my energy focused on these boys and just helping them transition and transitioning myself into this new role as their mom, them as our children, learning what it means to be a family, this family of four, and just integrating into all of the things that are happening this fall with school and with church and friends. And um, yeah, there's just so much going on. So that's why I've been a little bit dark, but I do plan to pop back up. I know some of y'all are like, okay, you pop up and give us an update that disappear for two months. Yes, that is because I love social media, but my first priority is always going to be to my family. And so if there's a season where I feel like I just, I've got to prioritize my family and you know, then that's why I disappear for a little bit. Um, but I still see you guys and I still love y'all and I love that y'all are so patient and still there. <laughs> okay. So the past five months, I want to start with just some of the the initial transition stuff and start with some of the joys because when we brought the boys home, as I shared in the past episode on this, they could not speak any English, like pretty much zero. So they are from the country of Ukraine and their their first language is Russian. I know a lot of Ukrainians speak Ukrainian. They're from the eastern part of Ukraine, so therefore closer to the Russian border. Therefore, Russian is the language that they learned. And um, if you know anything about Russian, you know that it does not share the same roots or base as English. And so it's completely different, has a completely different alphabet. And the words are just huge. Like here, I will attempt to say their basic greeting of hello. Okay, that's just to say hello. 
Like, oh, it took Zach and I so long to even just learn that. So I'm pretty proud. But Privyet is like the more casual way. So that's a little bit easier. Um, but it's hard. So having been in Ukraine and I've been trying to learn Russian, I've been um, listening to podcasts and doing Duolingo and things like that and having a brother-in-law now who is Ukrainian, that is really helpful, but it is so hard. So I think in some ways, having been over there and have we, we experienced what the boys are experiencing now and that we were there, we were the fish out of water, right? Like we spoke English, no one else really did. We, we got a feel for what it's like to be surrounded by people who can't understand you and who don't share the same language. So when our, we brought our boys home, that really helped Zach and I to always just be empathetic, I guess, to, to relate, to be like, oh man, this has got to be so hard for them to just have lots of extra grace and patience to know, man, I can't imagine being suddenly in a family and you can't even share what's on your heart. You can't even like, if you're struggling or you need clarity, it's hard to even get that. So early on, the best way that we could communicate was with Google Translate. Um, Tons of people recommended this to us and we took full advantage of those recommendations and it really turned out to be the greatest gift and blessing because it was, you can do like a conversation mode where we would speak Russian, or sorry, we would not speak Russian. We would speak English and then Google Translate would speak out Russian to the boys and it would, it would speak it, you know, audibly so they could hear. So they would hear and then they were able to speak Russian back into the app and then it would speak out English so we could hear it. So yeah, it's like having a digital translator basically. And so we were able to have a lot of conversations through that. And that is really for the first month, first two, three months, that was a huge part of our communication. Um, And so early on, that was hard because especially the biggest challenge was when we would encounter Um, a conflict. So like between brothers, between us and them, um, just confusion about something else. Like those were the hardest times, especially if there was emotions involved and, you know, which there often are. It's just hard because you're like, okay, um, pause. Okay. Can you say that again? Oh no, the app didn't work. Okay. Can you say it again? Like you can just imagine like how hard that would be. So I would say by far the greatest challenge from the beginning and continues to be is the language barrier. And As hard as it has been, I do find hope in the reality that one day that won't be a barrier any longer. But right now, it still is. The boys are learning English so fast, which I am so grateful for. But the language barrier really is... I knew it would be a challenge. Zach and I received a lot of training prior to the adoption. Just through our agency, they were really intentional with all of the trauma training and just different things that so many families have encountered, just training training us on how to parent adopted children and the transition and the bonding and the trauma and ev- anything that we could possibly encounter. I feel like we received training on. And so we did feel equipped in a lot of ways, but like anything, you know, training's one thing, but then when you're all hands on deck, rubber meets the road, like in the reality of the situation, you're kind of like, ah, <laughs> this is really happening. What do I do in this moment? What What was that? book? What did that book say? Right. And so we found ourselves there so many times. But like I said, God's faithfulness, just Zach and I pulling together, um, trusting the Lord, seeking advice from other people who've been there, who've gone before us on it down a similar journey. That was so helpful. But the language barrier, so, so hard. So I was telling Zach, it's really, it's a really weird reality to month by month grow deeper in your love for these little humans while at the same time not being able to grow deeper in your in your communication with them if that makes sense so it's like you know like if you're 
if you are interested in someone romantically and you're dating and it's like the the deeper you go in your relationship, wow, the deeper the communication and the more intimate and wow, it's like you grow deeper in every way. But with this, it's so hard because as, as we love them more and more and grow deeper and deeper in love with these boys as our children, it's like oh, that language barrier is still there. So the things I want to say and share and the heartfelt conversations, like it's just not possible yet. Um, So that's been hard, just trusting the Lord with that. And, you know, as Zach and I, we want to be so faithful in our discipleship of these boys, loving them, showing them Christ's love, modeling that to them, that grace and that mercy and that love, that picture of adoption that we experience in the gospel being adopted spiritually into God's family. We want so bad for them to just know God's love and know Jesus' sacrifice and to be discipled in who God is and his character and his goodness. And, And then even in basic things like just handling conflict between brothers or us or understanding the heart, the reason why behind things rather than just like boundaries and structure, which is all good and we implement, but we want them to understand the deeper meaning. And that's just hard right now with the language barrier. And so I find myself sometimes getting frustrated, like, Lord, I, you know, I want to have this deeper discipleship relationship with them. And it's just, it's just slow. And I just over and over again, um, as I've been reminded by godly mentors and others who've gone before, they say, you know, just be patient. Like God is working. He is aware of the language barrier. And he's still working through that. He is still faithful in the midst of this. Like just persevere, keep trusting him and just know that things will come in time. You can't do it all yet. You just have to take one day at a time, one step at a time um, and just be patient with the process. And so that has been really encouraging because I'm I'm kind of like a type A, you know, if we're going to have types, go get her, like let's just get it all in and make it all happen. And this has really taught me to just slow down, to enjoy each moment. Moment. Each day feels like a whole season in a sense and, and just to be excited about the progress we're making and patient with the process. So um, yeah, God has just been teaching me a lot in this. But some of the things that have been really cool that I wanted to share with you guys were ways that we've seen God specifically answer prayer over these past five months. So God answered so many prayers and some of the prayers we like I honestly didn't even think to pray about. But then God would just like provide in the most incredible specific way. And I was like, whoa, like God, you are so involved in this. And like you care about the details. And it was just so encouraging. So I think I shared this with y'all before. But um, one of the biggest things, the biggest prayers and the biggest, I guess, unknowns after the adoption was the bonding. And so many things we had read, so much of the training we received, so many families we've talked to, their experiences, their experience with this is different. And some kids, they bond quickly, they connect. There's just that deep, deep relational bond that happens. And then with other kids, it can be a long process and there can be a lot of um, struggles and challenges and bonding just doesn't happen and that attachment doesn't happen. And then you're you're trying to work with that and you're trying to, to grow through that, but it's so hard because you love them so much and you just want that attachment to be there. And so we knew that our story could be any story. And as we went into this and brought the boys home, that was a prayer, one of our hugest prayers, like, Lord, would you help us to just bond with these boys quickly? Would they bond to us? I think that was our bigger prayer. And God just answered our prayer tenfold because, um, you know, one of my fears was for my heart, like I said earlier, would I would I have the same love for these boys that I would if they were biologically mine? And that's just an honest an honest thought prayer. I know a lot of moms pre-adoption, they feel that. I've talked to them. Maybe you are one of those and you know what I'm talking about. Um, God answered that prayer above and beyond because the love that he has given me for these boys 
which I'm telling you, it wasn't instantaneous. At first, it felt a little bit like an arranged marriage. I've never been in an arranged marriage, so I don't know truly what they feel like, but that's kind of what it felt like. Like, okay, you've never, you like don't know anything about these boys or like you've never seen these boys ever and now they're instantly your family. I mean, we saw them twice before, but now they're instantly your children and you would think like, oh, that love that you would have for children as if you had raised them like is gonna instantly be there. But instead, there was so much love in my heart, but as the weeks and months went on it was it felt almost like an arranged marriage and i've heard another adopted mom talk about it that way like it's almost like an arranged marriage and that your love grows as you grow to know them and them you and and it's amazing how fast it grows though so yeah at first we were kind of strangers to one another and i loved them in my head and my heart but i saw such a difference as god just grew my love deeper and deeper as i got to know them and as i um just fully embrace the the role of being their mom and then my children and spent time with them, right? Like love grows as we spend time and invest in relationships. And that was so true. And so even now, just five months in, I cannot believe how much love I have in my heart for these boys. Like, I don't think I could love kids anymore. And so I'm confident that if we, if God ever did bless us with biological children, which I have no idea if that's ever going to happen, it could, it could not. I'm really trying to trust the Lord with that. Yes, would, would desire, still desire that. I think it would be so awesome and so beautiful. Um, but I, I, I really feel confident that, um, I don't think I could love kids any more than I love these boys. So if we have a biological child, I will love them the same. Um, So that was a huge answer to prayer on our end, my end, and Zach feels the same way. And then just for the boys, you know, there was just the unknowns, like the unknowns because they're older. You know, they're not like these little babies or these little toddlers. Like we're talking 10 about to turn 11, six going on seven, and they've lived a lot of life before they've ever known us. And so are they going to connect? Are they going to feel like we're their parents? Um, are Is there going to be attachment? And we were just so amazed at God's grace and just loving kindness in the midst of this specific prayer request because these boys, I am telling you, I don't know if this is normal, but I feel like from day one, they were so excited and so ready to be adopted and be in our family. And granted, they come. From, they came from a really great orphanage. I mean, considering how orphanages can be, it was one of the best. They received incredible care, and it was a very adoption-positive environment. So they were prepped and excited to be adopted. It was a very positive thing. And um, coming into our family, it was like there was no hesitation in calling us mama and papa, Um, just giving us huge hugs constantly, loving us, saying, I love you. You know, some of the first words they learned in English, um, I love you, because we would say it to them all the time. And just watching them want to sit on our laps, want to snuggle, want to hug. Um, Like I said, constantly, like they love holding my hand or holding Zach's hand. I do think because they're boys, like they just have a really special bond with their dad, which I'm a little bit jealous of, if I'm being honest, because um, I do spend more time with them than him because he's gone at work and I, I'm with them more during the daytime and we're all together in the evenings and weekends and stuff. But I kind of joke like, okay, I'm the one here over here putting in more work and they're, they're over there like loving you more. Like it's kind of a joke in our family, but I don't, I, I know they love both of us so much, but I think there is just that special bond between young boys and their dad. Like they just look up to Zach so much and everything he does, they want to do, you know, even basic things like we, we recently got bikes. And so we're doing this family bike rides, which we all love, mostly except Zach. He actually hates biking, but he does it for the rest of us. And, you know, Zach will, you know, do cool jump off a curb or something. And immediately the boys are like trying to do the same thing. And it's just so sweet. So that was the 
biggest answer to prayer was the bonding and the attachment. And from everything we read, what healthy bonding and attachment looks like, I feel like we are right on the bullseye. And that is not something that... (laughs) that we could have forced to make happen. It is just like God's answering our prayer and providing that deep love uh, for us to them and them to us. And in some ways, like I said, even though it's only been five months, I feel like they have been my boys forever. Like I truly feel like I've raised them since they were babies. And it's the weirdest feeling to almost, it's almost like I can imagine that we had this history together, even though we haven't. And, and it just feels like we've had those years because of how bonded and attached we all feel to one another. I um, mean, it's not superficial. Like it's a deep, genuine love that we all feel. So it's so beautiful and just so, so God. Um, so that's the hugest answer to prayer. A few other small things that have been really cool these past five months is, and I, I think I shared this with y'all. In the other episode, I can't remember, but we, the boys couldn't swim when we came back to Texas. Now we came back in April. And if you live in Texas or anywhere in the South, you know that by April, it is already hot. May, it is really hot. June, July, August are like boiling like hundreds. And so I knew swimming would be a huge part of our summers because that's the only way you can stay cool is either stay inside or jump in the water. And so I knew like they needed to learn how to swim. Um, but I knew like if I just enrolled them in swim team or something, that might be overwhelming because of the language barrier and just not knowing what they're being told. And so I was just praying like, Lord, maybe a private teacher would be better. I don't really know. And and I think it was like our second or third day at our neighborhood pool. And, you know, I'm just trying to kind of teach them to swim, but I, I'm not an instructor, so I don't really know the technicalities. And we're there and I see this lady teaching this other little girl. And I'm like, oh, she, you know, she doesn't really look like her mom. And I see the mom sitting on the side. So I'm like, oh, she must be a swim instructor. So she finishes with this, finishes teaching this little girl. And I go over and I just ask her like, hey, I noticed you were teaching that little girl. Are you a swim instructor? She said, oh, yeah, I teach private lessons. And I said, oh, I'm, I'm actually looking for someone to teach my boys. Um, they don't really know how to swim at all. And they really need lessons. And she said, oh, OK, yeah, I'm pretty booked, but I have a few dates available. Let's exchange numbers and we can chat. And so as she's talking, I noticed like, oh, she has a little bit of an accent. And so I just told her, I said, oh, I love your accent, by the way. Where are you from? And then she says, I'm from Ukraine. I moved here 10 years ago. And I'm sure my mouth dropped open in that moment. (laughs) Because y'all, there are a lot of countries in this world. And she could have been from anywhere. She's at our neighborhood pool teaching private swim lessons. And she is Ukrainian. And so she must have seen the shock on my face because she kind of like stared at me like, oh. And I said, are you serious? And she said, yes. And I said, we just adopted two boys from Ukraine and they don't speak any English. And she said, oh, wow. Well, I speak Russian. <laughs> I was like, like I wanted to cry on the spot, like, Lord, you are too good. Like this was such a specific thing. And so God provided a Ukrainian swim teacher who's fluent in Russian to teach our boys swim lessons at our neighborhood pool all summer long. I mean, talk about God being in the details, right? So that was a huge answer to prayer. And so they did. They had like three swim lessons every week and they learned so much. And now they're incredibly strong swimmers. And she was the sweetest lady. And she taught them all of their lessons in Russian. So they knew everything she was saying. And I think that was just a really sweet gift for them too, to have that that instruction in their own language. And so it was just like, okay, Lord, there is nothing too big for you. So I will tell you that strengthened my prayer life because I hadn't even been praying for that specifically just for that God would provide a swim instructor. And I didn't even think to pray about providing a Ukrainian swim instructor. So I'm telling you, my prayers got a lot more specific after that. 
(laughs) And I encourage you, pray specifically because God can do whatever he wants. So another prayer that we saw God answered was with an ESL teacher. So someone who could teach our boys English and who could partner with me in that and Zach because we're very proactive on our own at home with the boys. But I knew I needed someone professional to come in and help me and guide me and kind of help me know, like, here's good strategies and tactics and ways that you can do this successfully. So we're praying. I don't even know like who who we could have for this. And so it turns out in the very small group that we're a part of with our church, which is like a small group of like 14 people, there just so happens to be a lady um, in our small group who is the ESL director at one of the schools here in town. And she is in our small group. And so as we're talking about the adoption prior to the boys coming here, she meets with me on the side and says, hey, I really feel compelled to want to help your boys. Like, I have a passion for this. Can I come alongside you and your family and help them learn English? (laughs) Y'all, I can't make this up. And I'm standing there like, ah, like, are you kidding me? Absolutely. What? You know, just so amazed at God's incredible provision. And so she still, to this day, comes over and teaches them private lessons, ESL lessons, and has been since the boys got here. And she gives me homework to do with them and helps kind of guide us and give me just like perspective on things and um, just kind of tell me, you know, she gives me insights like, okay, this is where they're at and here's where we're planning to go and all that. And so, I mean, talk about another incredible provision from the Lord. So here she is, a believer. We live life together through small group already, go to the same church, and she is passionate about English as a second language and intentionally comes over and loves our boys and teaches them. So that was another thing where we were like, Lord, you are so, so good. Um, The last thing and the, I mean, there's been so many, but the last thing I'll share over the past five months, one of the biggest hurdles I felt personally um, was for their schooling because I knew that to just enroll them full-time five days a week in school. I know that can be great for learning English, but can also be overwhelming. And I just wasn't, Zach and I weren't, we weren't sure what was best for them. We weren't sure like, okay, homeschooling. There's like so many schooling options now with COVID. There's like all sorts of like varieties and hybrids. And so as we prayed about it, I just felt like such a burden because I didn't know what the right answer was. And I just didn't know what would be best for them. And so as Zach and I were praying and talking to so many people from so many different perspectives and Um, just backgrounds and experiences, Um, God just really slowly but surely answered our prayer and, and helped us to know which path would be best for this year. And that was kind of where we felt like God was taking it. Like, you know, I'm trying to think of what's best now until they graduate. And it was too much, too much. Like, how about we just focus on this year? Like, what's best for this year? And then next year, we'll completely reevaluate and pray and see if what we did was still best moving forward. And so as Zach and I were praying about it, God just, I guess, really laid a burden on each of our hearts for us wanting to be really involved in their education, but also wanting to partner with other teachers who could also speak into their lives and be that source of um, like guidance and authority and someone else, you know, that they could look up to and learn from and just have that accountability where they could be socialized, but then also have time at home. And so we found an incredible option where they can do a bit of a hybrid, where they do two days of classes where we can select the very specific classes that we feel like they need and that would be helpful for them in learning English and being socialized and um, just getting an education for where they're at with the language barrier. And then I'm able to do the other three days at home with them with an emphasis on English and an emphasis on math because thankfully the numbers are the same 
for Russian and English, even though they don't say that, like you don't say them the same way. So they they can write them and all that. So learning the the alphabet though, like that was really hard because the sounds and the letters are so different, and it's just like ah, I can't imagine. So. Um, God just really provided that opportunity where it's like a little bit of each. So we're kind of calling it the hybrid, the hybrid year for schooling. And it's been super sweet for me to get to spend those three days with them and um, just getting to pick out their curriculum. I was homeschooled growing up and loved it. I had an amazing experience. So it's been sweet for me to kind of enter that world from the other side. I say sweet. It's been sweet and completely overwhelming. I'm like, uh, how do you do this? Like, this is really hard. But I love that kind of stuff. And um, it's just been sweet, I think, for the bonding as well for me and the boys to have that time together. And, you know, I know it doesn't work for every family. And I've heard a lot of different perspectives on this. But for us, this is this is really working and what we feel like is a good fit. So they have their classes two days a week. And they love that, too. They love meeting their friends and having their other teachers and their homework. And then they love the three days at home with me. And it's just really special, really sweet time. And um, in the midst of their schooling, we get to also work on other things that come up. If there's like character stuff we're working on, or if remembering a Bible, memorizing a Bible verse, or just doing things together. Like I'll, I specifically do history with both boys, and so it's really fun because we're learning about American history and world history and ancient history, and we're doing it together, the three of us. And so it's kind of like a sweet bond for all three of us. So, anyways, I was rambling on way too long. All that to say. <laughs> that it's been really, really cool to see God answer all of these prayers, things that I was like, I don't know what we're going to do. Um, so there have been so many joys being a a mom, you know, something I never knew if that was going to be my reality. Like I just so many times I had to surrender that, just that dream, that prayer that felt unanswered you know, God, are we ever going to be parents? We long for this. Take this desire away if you don't have this for us. I mean, I just, I would pray all the prayers, but deep in my heart, I still had that desire and that longing for motherhood. And so to watch God answer that prayer truly in the most unexpected way, in the way that wasn't a part of my plan, (laughs) back to the book, not part of the plan. This was never a part of my plan, but it was always a part of God's good plan. And so now to experience motherhood with these two boys, um, which by the way, their names are Caleb and Christian. I know, I think we, well, we did share this at the Girl Defined Conference, but Caleb and Christian, those are their American names. Um, They have Ukrainian names and in Ukraine through a translator, my brother-in-law, we asked them if they wanted American names or if they would prefer to just keep their Ukrainian names. And they were both adamant on their own. We did not pressure them. They were both adamant about wanting American names. And I know that they've had friends who've been adopted and they've changed their names. And I just think for them, that new kind of identity of like, okay, I'm in this new family. I'm moving to this new country. They love America. They have like such a positive perspective on America and just love um, being an American. And so I think for them, it was really special to get new names, but we didn't want to lose their Ukrainian names because that's, those are their birth names. And so we, we changed their first name to legally be Caleb and Christian and then their Ukrainian names became their middle names. So it's really sweet. So they still have that piece of their history and that, their heritage um, as a part of their name. So anyways, I can't remember why I was saying all of that or where I was going with any of this, but oh yeah, I was talking about being a boy mom and or just a mom in general. And then to be a boy mom with these two boys, um, it's just been such a sweet answer to prayer of that longing in my heart for the past 10 years and then to see God 
answer it in such a beautiful way. And like I said earlier, these boys are, they are boys through and through. Like wrestling with Zach and like rough play and they got Nerf guns and they love doing jumps on their bikes and, um, you know, Lego towers. Like they're just so boys and it's so fun because now I'm completely outnumbered. Like Zach and the two boys and me, thankfully our dog's a girl. So I have that, but it's so fun because they love doing like Nerf gun wars. So we got them Nerf guns for their birthday because like all their friends have them and they just think it's so fun and they love it when we put on soundtrack music to like an epic battle movie and it's like boom 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 you know the music and we play it really loud and then we kind of turn the lights off and then we all get our guns with our glasses and we're on teams or whatever and it's like we'll have like a 20 minute nerf gun war and it's their favorite thing in the world and so it's just hilarious because i look at my life and i'm like wow five months ago, I was not having Nerf gun wars and I was not stepping on Legos in the middle of the night. And I was not finding Nerf bullets in every nook and cranny of my house. Like I open the fridge and I'm like, there's a Nerf bullet in my fridge. You know, like I find them in the toilet and my candles behind my coffee pot. Like it is hilarious. So it's been really fun to become a mom of these two boys and just to fully jump in to boy mom life. And I am embracing it. It is keeping me young. Like they keep me on my toes. They keep me moving. They're constantly wanting to play and do stuff. And I'm just like, woo. Like when they go to bed at night, Zach and I are exhausted in the best way possible. But they are, they are keeping us moving. Um, so that's been such a joy. So sweet. And um, yeah, God is just really. I feel like in so many ways, the brokenness, the ashes that I felt, um, I just feel like he's given me just this new chapter that is filled with so much beauty, so much growth, um, just so much of what we've been praying for for so long. It's just so sweet to see. But like I said, there have been challenges. The language barrier I already talked about, that's probably one of the biggest things. Another challenge is just the discipleship. I touched on that a little bit. But, you know, the discipleship, when you love kids so much, they're your children, and you want to disciple them and just teach them and and train them in the ways of the Lord, and you want them to understand God's love and Jesus. And it's just, it's hard at this point with the language barrier. So we do what we can, and we do a lot of picture books, and we say things in simple terms, and they're understanding more and more. But that's just hard, you know, when you want so, something so much for someone and you want them to understand so much and you're just like slowly getting there. So that has been challenging. I will be honest to say that the time adjustment, the the schedule adjustment from being married for 10 years and basically like my time being my own, I could do whatever I wanted. Um, I could meet someone for coffee last minute, like it was no problem. And now every single day, I almost feel like an event coordinator. I'm like, waking up and I have to have the plan for the whole day because they're like, mama, what's the plan? And I'm like, oh yeah, so we have to have a plan. So I have to have a schedule and we have our school schedule and we have, you know, chores and all the things that we're doing and then dinner plans and oh, and then if they're doing, you know, like a wanna at church or all anything extra, I'm just like, wow, my time is very, like I've got to be intentional to even to get stuff done with Girl to Find or if I'm going to meet with a girl from my small group, like I've got to really plan that out. And childcare was something I never had to think about. Now I have to think about like, oh, Zach and I want to go on a date night. Um, <laughs> we need a babysitter. Before, Zach and I would pride ourselves on how faithfully we would have date nights every single week. And now we kind of laugh looking back on our perspective because we had we had nothing holding us back. We could go on date nights every night if we wanted. And so now we realize like, wow, 
we're going to have to be really intentional to go out and have a date night out because it just does not happen naturally. So it has been funny, but the time life adjustment just with the scheduling, that has been a little bit of a challenge. But, you know, I'm just I'm recognizing that my season with these boys in the home, because they're already older, it's not it's going to be a shorter season, right? It's not like they're one, they're 11 and seven. And so I'm I'm like becoming more and more aware of how precious and sweet these years are going to be. And they're going to go fast. I mean, the past five months has gone so lightning fast. And so just really wanting to soak up every moment I can with them and being their mom um, and just having a bigger picture perspective of like, yeah, we're raising these boys up to be men and one day they're going to leave our home. And, you know, if God doesn't bless us with any additional children, like that'll be it. And so I want to fully embrace this season and fully embrace being their mom, which is why I do the North Gun Wars, etc. <laughs> with them. Um, so God's just helped me to have like a little bit of a bigger picture perspective. Um, one other random thing is that this is really brought out. This is like, I guess, a funny challenge. Zach and I, like our personalities are so different. And, you know, that comes out in marriage in a lot of ways. But one of the ways we haven't seen our differences come out is in parenting because we haven't been parents together before. And so we were just cracking up at our different styles of parenting. And even some of our friends in small group were kind of surprised when I told them that Zach is the much more lenient one. He's much more like, oh, it'll be fine and eh, no big deal. And I'm much more of the like, okay, let's let's set up the boundaries. Let's set up the parameters. Let's set up the like the expectations so that they can thrive, so they can understand what's good and not good and what they can do and what they can't do. And let's like set them up for success with all of that. And he's kind of like, whoa, that just seems like a lot. And so we're both cracking up because our styles are very different. And But I think together we make a good balanced parenting team. So we faced our challenge in that, but we're always trying to um, just present a unified front with the boys, I guess, and loving them and parenting them the same so they're not confused because you can imagine with the language barrier, if there's a lot of inconsistencies between the way we parent, that's going to be even more confusing for them. So it's caused Zach and I to really have a lot of debriefing conversations at the end of the day. Like, hey, let's talk about that. You know, how can we improve that? Or what can I do differently to be more in line with how you think it should go? Or how do we want this to go as as parents, as a family? Because we've never had to encounter this before. So we're growing a lot as a team, I think, in our own marriage. Um, but one of the things that God is continuing, and this is like, I guess, application. Um, if you're still with me this far into the episode, <laughs> then stick around till the end. I'm, I'm almost wrapping this up. But I do want to share something that God has really helped me to lean into. And it's something that I wrote in Not Part of the Plan, Trusting God, but the twists and turns of your story. And it's this, and if you grab the book or if you have the book, you can turn to this chapter and see the chapter on trust. Um, But if you don't have it, just visualize with me two circles. First, visualize one smaller circle. And on the inside of the circle, it says, trust and obey. And everything within this circle are all of the things that God has already called us to trust him with and to obey him in. And so, What God has helped me to do with this circle is because there are so many things in my life that are happening right now, things that feel like they're out of control or things where I don't quite have answers to or things that are unknowns about the future. Um, But there are a lot of things happening right now that fall within this smaller circle of trusting God and obeying. And, you know, in your life, whatever you're walking through, whatever you're facing, you have things that you that also feel out of control or unknowns about the future. But what is God calling you to trust him with today? and to obey him in. And so for me in my journey to in my journey of motherhood, um I am every day like okay Lord, I trust you with this day. 
Like this day is yours. This is the day the Lord has made. I trust you with this day. Lord, I know as their mom, you have given me the beautiful role and responsibility, the privilege, um, but the the intentional design to, and along with Zach, to disciple these boys, to love them, to shape them, to grow them, to train them in the ways of the Lord. And so God, today, help me to obey you in that, to show them your grace, to show them your love, um, to train them up in in the Lord. And so every day, it's like I have my prayers of, I need to trust God for this today, and I need to obey him in this way. And God just gives so much grace as I fail and stumble and some days do horrible. And then like, oh Lord, help me to to just do better, you know, and God is so gracious to pick us back up when we fall and we fail and to just help us press on, right? As we seek him and trust him. So I go back to this this circle of, Lord, what do I need to trust and obey you with today? Now, you have that little circle and you have that verse in the middle or the, the trust and obey, which by the way, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is where we see this in scripture. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Okay, now imagine drawing a bigger circle around the small circle. And written inside the big circle are the words, entrust and pray, entrust and pray. And what this circle represents outside of the big circle are all of the things that happen in daily life, that happen um, anytime in any season that are unknowns. There are things where we don't have answers for. We're not sure how something's going to turn out. Whatever we're facing, we don't have the solution. We don't know what the future holds. Um, it's out of our control. And God is calling us to entrust that area to him and to pray about it. So the smaller circle represents things that God is already calling us to walk in obedience to every day. Faithfully, we trust him. We obey him. But those things that are outside of our control, like for me, you know, I don't, the boy's health. I mean, they're healthy now, but are they going to be healthy in the future? I don't know. I have to entrust that to the Lord. Okay, we feel really bonded now. Will this bond continue as they, you know, Caleb especially hits the preteen years and emotions start playing in? You know, I can get worried like, oh, you know, will we always have this bond? And I have to entrust that. I don't know. You know, entrust that to the Lord and pray. You know, sometimes I can get worried about things that just like, oh, like what if, you know, I love these boys so much, but what if something happened to them? You know, what if God took them away? Like, I just couldn't bear that. And that's me getting fearful and worried about stuff that I don't know, that is completely outside of this the spectrum of what God has called me to, to worry about, right? That is in God's hands. That is what, that belongs in the bigger circle. And that is what God is calling me to entrust to him and to pray through. Yes, it's a concern. Our concerns are real. God cares about them, but he is calling us to take those to him in prayer and then to open our hands and entrust those to him and then pray about it, to continue praying about it. And Deuteronomy 20, 2929 is the verse that where we see this in scripture that goes in this bigger outer circle. And it says, the secret things belong to the Lord, to the Lord, our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. And that verse is just such a good reminder because we're entrusting and praying in so many areas of our life as we categorize them and recognize like, okay, this isn't a trust and obey thing. This is like an entrust and pray. This is out of my control. This is a secret thing that belongs to the Lord. He has not given me clarity or direction or answers about this. And so rather than worrying and becoming anxious about it, God is calling me to see Deuteronomy 29, 29, that this is a secret thing that he carries in his hands. Yes, he cares about me and this thing, and I can entrust it to him, and I can faithfully pray about it, right? And so Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Deuteronomy 29, 29, this little circle 
analogy, visual, whatever you want to call it, I really wanted to include this in Not Part of the Plan because this has been something like a tool that God has used to help me to help me over and over again before the boys, after the boys, to categorize in my heart the things that I need to um, walk obediently in and just obey God. And then the things that and the things I need to trust him in, and then the things that I need to entrust to him and really just fervently continue to pray about. And so it helps me to know, like, okay, to categorize those things. So I'm not worrying about stuff that need I need to be entrusting, or I'm not being lazy in things that I need to be obedient in. God is helping me um to not walk perfectly, but just day by day to pursue faithfulness in each of those things. So that's really the encouragement that God has brought to my heart and continues to. And regardless of whatever season you're in, whatever you're walking through. I pray that you can even write that down on a piece of paper, small circle, um, trust, trust and obey, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, big circle, and trust and pray, Deuteronomy 29, 29, and you can have those categories for your own heart as you're walking through very real um, hard challenges or prayers that feel unanswered or unknowns that you're facing or something really hard that you just went through. Um, I share so much more about that and just my own journey of worry and anxiety and my own emotions that sometimes feel out of control, um, dealing with so like lost and just life not turning out the way I expected. I unpack all of that along with Bethany in our new book, Not Part of the Plan. And so I just, my biggest prayer for this book is that it would be a like a guiding light for your heart as you're on your journey, as you're embracing the story God has for you, just like I'm seeking to embrace the story that he has for me, that through this book, you would link arms with us and we would kind of walk this journey together of truly trusting God with the twists and turns of your story. There were so many moments over the past 10 years where I just felt like there was no light. Like it was just total darkness. And I couldn't even really see the light at the end of the tunnel. I didn't know what God was doing. All I felt was grief and loss and darkness. And now from the vantage point I have where I see what God has done through the pain, through the brokenness, through the grief, the path that he's led me on, the story that he's writing, we talk about in the book that he really is the master artist. And every stroke that he paints is intentional. Sometimes he's painting with black paint and that's all we can see. Sometimes it's yellow, gold, beautiful paint, but we don't see that bigger picture yet. He's the master artist. He has the ultimate plan. And one day when we get to heaven, we'll truly be able to step back and see the final masterpiece that he was always painting for our good and his glory. But right now, we can only see that one stroke at a time. That's why we trust him. And we say, God, you are the master artist. You have a plan. Yes, this is not a part of my plan, but this was always a part of your plan. I know you will use this for your good and for my good and your glory. And God, I know you're creating a masterpiece that's meant to reflect the creator, reflect the artist. And so help me to see my life from that vantage point, to trust you with every stroke because you are a good, good father. And that is what God has been teaching me and will continue to as we're five months in experiencing joys and challenges. And I just want to leave you with that sister that God is painting a masterpiece with your life too. Don't give up. Do not lose heart or hope. God is so incredibly faithful. 
If you want to grab a copy of Not Part of the Plan or pre-order, you can do that again at girldivine.com slash shop or go directly to the page that has all the information and the trailer video and just more details about the book. You can even download the first chapter um, and listen to it for free. So if you want to just kind of get a taste for what we're going to cover in that book, if you just to see if it's relevant for you and your story and where you're at, you can go to girldefine.com slash trust. All right, sisters, thanks so much for sticking with me to the end. If you liked this episode, please, please, please quickly just go give us a five-star review. Um, We frequently have people who do not like Girl Defined or this show and will intentionally go and just leave us really bad one-star reviews. So if you like this show and you want to help us um, get this content to other women, then leaving us that five-star review will help um, this this channel get exposed to more people and will just give us a great encouragement to you because we look at every review. So if you feel so inclined, drop us a five-star review. Leave us a little comment what you love, um, maybe guests you'd like us to have on, other topics you'd like to talk about. Um, I can't wait to see that. And I love you guys so much and we'll see you next time.